With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sequence. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. I am your host, Trevor Plouffe, and today we have a very, very special guest, all-star, World Series champ, my man, Philip Hughes. How are you? What's up, bro? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on. Obviously, we go way back. Um, you have had an incredible career. You hung them up. You started getting into the card collecting industry. What, what's, it, what's the real term for that? Yeah, I mean, card, yeah, card game, card collecting industry, card industry, yeah. yeah you, a booming industry, I might add. Dude, you've blown um, up. You, you've well, and, and not necessarily it. just from that standpoint, but um, yeah, I mean, cards are coming back in a big way. And I mean, this is a topic for a whole different discussion, but with sports kind of, you know, not being around these last few months, uh, people are itching to gamble, as you know, and uh, cards are just a legal way of gambling. So um, it's been a lot of fun, though. Yeah, your YouTube channel's blown up. It's Phil's Pools. We'll drop Phil's Pools. Yeah, uh, go check it out. You open a ton of um, higher end stuff, which is really cool to see. It really does give you that rush, a little bit of that gambling vibe. In fact, I'm sure. I'm joining you in a box war. Yeah, and yeah, excited. keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, we got a, a 12-man box war, uh, current and former players. Trevor's in it, uh, Mike Trout, CC Sabathia, A-Rod. It's, uh, it should be a lot of fun. It's insane. You've got incredible talent in there and then me. So I appreciate you uh, extending the invite. Yeah, you and me, just along for the ride. Me, me and Dan Heron are going head-to-head first round, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, it should be, it should be a lot of fun. But like I said, we've gone, we go back, we go way back. Um, mm-hmm. Same draft, same draft class. class. 2004, uh, we came up. Same agent. Same agent, yep. Yeah. And then. Played you know, together for a few years. You're the star in the Yankees org coming up. You make it to the big leagues at 20 years old. Then you're part of a World Series uh, title run in 09. We end up playing together. Um, you're well-traveled and we the one season that i'll always remember is 2014 and you were absolutely lights out that year and it was you were one of the guys i love to play behind because of the way you approached it like you just threw strikes and you kept everybody on your toes and as a defender any defender out there knows like that that's those are the guys you want to play behind so i appreciate that yeah well especially in a year like that where we were absolutely miserable um you wanted those games to go by as quickly as possible. So <laughs> we, we that's what bad. I tried to do. <laughs> we were pretty bad. Do. I think it was not, do we lose 90 games that year? But you set, yeah, maybe, maybe not 90, but you set that year, you set the, uh, the strikeout to walk ratio uh, for all of MLB or just for the AL? Uh, single season all the time. Yeah. In- incredible. And it, and it felt like that. Like it felt like you turbocharged through the lineups every game. So, um, which well, kind of brings man. me to the next question that I like to ask the pitchers that come on. 
Can you go ahead and like kind of describe the pitch mix? Um, well, I mean, it depends on what year. To be honest. <laughs> okay. Let's, um, let's start with baby Phil in 09, which we're going to watch yeah. the first video today. So 09, I threw basically. So when I came up as a starter, cause I started the year in the minor leagues, um, I was coming off of a horrible 08 season, uh, where I started the year in the rotation, got hurt. And, um, they wanted me to go to triple a and, uh, you know, do my thing there. So Chiming Wong gets hurt. Like, I think first couple weeks of the season, I get called up to make, you know, some starts in his place. Um, did okay. And, uh, then he comes back from the DL and they're like, well, you know, we're, we're going to have to send you back down or do something. But they decided to put me in the pen and, uh, I kind of rolled with that and just started throwing like a lot more fastballs for whatever reason, you know, the confidence went up and, I started to feel like I belonged a little bit, I guess, you know, you, I think every player at some point hits that, that sort of that mark where they're like, okay, like I can do this now. And it takes, it, it almost is like a light bulb moment where you're like, okay, I can attack with fastballs. And I think hitters go through the same thing. Like you get to the big leagues and you're like, Oh, I got to do something different because these are big league pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was, it was going to the pen and just realizing like I could, throw fastballs by like really, really good hitters. So, yeah, I mean, when I think about you, I think about your cutter. I think about kind of that. I don't know if it was a two seamer or four seamer kind of like rode it up and in and then big curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, do you consider that? Yeah. Cut- so this year, so this year out of the pen, I was basically, um, forcing fastball, occasional curveball, and like a cutter, which then was more like a slider. Yes. Um, but, in the later years, it became more cutter-like, I guess. That was my question was, do you consider the cutter like a fastball or or was it an off-speed pitch? So it's it's funny because it all depends on who you ask. Like I was, I had the privilege to be around a lot of like really good veteran pitchers uh, in New York and Andy Pettit through basically, I wouldn't even call it a cutter. I would have called it. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a slider. I would have called it like a slurve. And he called it a cutter just because it kept his mindset ah. to th- throw the shit out of it. You know what I mean? Um, and other guys like like CeCe, for instance, did the same thing. He called it a slider a cutter. And it's it was just to mentally get you to not try to make it a breaking ball, I guess, and just make it a hard, firm pitch, even though in reality it was they were both basically sliders. Did you learn that? Did you learn your grip from one of them or was that something you've already been doing? Um, so I took my grip off of kind of like a, like a, a mix of Mariano's and my own kind of thing, just because I gripped my fastball the opposite way. So the horseshoe was always on the, to the left of my index finger, which most guys traditionally, and you probably throw your, a baseball this way where the, the horseshoe is on the right side of your middle finger. Um, so the opening would be on the left for me. The opening was always on the right. So I basically took Mariano's grip, but it was just opposite because of uh, the way I gripped my fastball. So you almost held like a, you held it like a four seam fastball, but just the pressure yeah. was different. Yeah. So it was just fingers are off a little bit and then thumb just slides kind of just underneath the ball just to make it, it just cuts just a little bit. Interesting. Um, but the video that we'll watch, um, 
it was it was more like a slider so um it just kind of it it kind of morphed as the as the years went on and then in in 14 uh my cutter was more like on the same plane almost like true to a what you think of as a cut fastball i guess what do you think they would do to a, and this is 09, so a 23-year-old Phil Hughes, what do you think they'd do to, or with him now? Mm. With kind of the way they approach hitters and the technology that they have. You mean as far as what hitters would, how hitters would approach? No, what what do you think the pitching coaches would want you to do? We've seen the, oh. seen guys, you know, go back to the four-seam fastball. Yeah. Um, do you think you'd see more of that out of you? If you, I mean, honestly, the, the way I pitched, the way I pitched out of the pen in 09, I think pitching coaches now would very much encourage the way um, that I attacked hitters then. Now, just with you know the whole you know launch angle and riding forcing fastballs up in the zone. I mean, that was like ninety eight percent of what I did that year um, was just attack with fastballs and 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 I don't know if this is real and maybe you can say if it's not, but I feel like when a pitcher is confident their stuff plays up even more. And that might sound ridiculous, but, um, you know, when guys are aggressive and confident and you can like feel that presence on the mound, I feel like it's, it, the radar gun may, may say one thing, but it's a completely different fastball in the batter's box. I can, I can attest to that. You know, when a guy's there and he just wants to shove and he's throwing his pitches and he's like, if I execute, you're out, you feel that. Sure. And there are some guys who, whether it's they pitch like this all the time or they're just having a bad stretch, like they, you feel like they're trying not to make mistakes. Right. And those are the guys you're like, okay, this is, then he gets a couple hits because I got that mm-hmm. animal the next day on the mound. And then, uh, yeah. And then before you know it, they are making mistakes because when you're afraid to make mistakes, that's usually when most of them come. Love it, man. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the video. Uh, before let's we do, do here's the ad read. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond. And while we may not be able to join them in the stadium, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. There's no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate baseball coming back, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering free bets for every home run your team hits. Taking advantage of this Grand Slam offers easy. All you have to do is place a pregame bet of at least $25 on your home team, and for every home run they hit in that game, you get $5 worth of free bets. Bet the team. They hit the home runs. Double down. We get more money. I like it. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new users a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Anything for free is for me. I like that offer. Don't worry if baseball isn't your game. DraftKings offers Great odds and promotions on all sports, ranging from ping pong to basketball. If you want to bet ping pong, you can do it. DraftKings Sportsbook is U.S.-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Gotta love that. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want, which is a huge thing. All the books want to take your money. Are they going to give you your money when you want it? DraftKings will. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code JOMBOY when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code JOMBOY, J-O-M-B-O-Y, to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Bonus compromise of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. 
Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Phil, we got the video keyed up. We see your stats right there, 5-3 and three with a 3-3-3. Three, three, three. And I think towards the end of this year, you're like, you're like going. Like you're hot. So these numbers are on their way down. Do you remember feeling locked in? Yeah. Um, yeah, this was kind of like in the middle, um, of my bullpen run, uh, a big chunk of that ERA was, was out of the, was starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, I forget how long it was, but there was a six week to two month period where I think I had like a sub one. Um, Oof. and then this was kind of, this was kind of right in the middle of that. So this is, I was feeling, I was feeling really good. I, I was already pitching the eighth inning where when I went down there, I was the long guy. Um, so I was like a one, I was like a one inning four out guy at this point. And, um, yeah, the Yankees were, we were rolling at this point. We were winning a bunch of games and close games. And this is, uh, yeah, this is one of them. This is, uh, a cool at bat because it's another guy that we both played with Jim Tomei, who's a legend. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I always tell people like this guy, he was like a superhuman like big person like just he looked different than other people and i think you can kind of see it when you look at him yeah box, so no for sure he's yeah he's one of the best ever uh, Here we go. and this was this was a big uh inning for me just because uh you know i'm facing i had the meat in this inning you know a lot of times you want your closer to face you know the best parts of the lineup but in the eighth here i had tommy Conurco, jermaine die so yeah there it is right there tommy's having a rough day <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe Jim went out for a little uh, steak and some, some adult beverages. Yeah. yeah I don't know who started that. this game for us, but they, uh, they pitched pretty well. Cause I think it's a, I think it was what a two, two game yeah, in the eighth. I think it was a tie game. So Gordon Beckham, I think he's like fresh off winning rookie of the year or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah. He was, he was the guy, Carlos Quentin, Alex Rios. Yeah. Pretty good lineup. Yeah. But we got big Jim coming up here. Intimidating in the box. Uh huh. Look at him. First pitch is. So I try to go heater in, miss up. It's a good place. It's a good place for to go with him, and it always was. I mean, just that, um, you know, hard in under his hands. Don't let him get those big hairy forearms extended. You know. I gotta say, you could have got a strike there, but this is Jim Tomey at the plate. And... I did. That's one of those. Yeah, that's one of those pitches I don't want. <laughs> Probably not one I'm gonna get either. Yeah. But, uh, all right. And I look at your setting up away. So just trying to steal a strike, get back in the count. Um, little fastball down and away. Um, kind of a weird swing there for, you know, a one Oh count. He's probably hunting a heater. Um, and it's actually, it, it looks like he was almost a little out in front of that and took a fastball kind of, you know, mid away and banged it into his shin. He doesn't look like he's seeing of, the ball very well. Look right there. He's in between. Nah. Well, judging, yeah, judging by the 0 for 3 or 3 punches, he's probably not feeling that great at the plate at this particular moment. So I did and that maybe was, get a little get a little fortunate there. Yeah, and that was dotted, though. That was down in the way. You hit your spot. Yeah, it was, it was a good pitch. And you go 1-1. One, one. So here we're going back in, and I just miss uh, with a cutter that just spun um, cement mixer cutter Ooh. that just ran right down the middle, and he probably was like, 
what on earth was that? <laughs> Man, <laughs> we talk about that as hitters. Like sometimes the backup slider is the hardest pitch. You expect it to break, it doesn't, and then you're sitting there. Yeah. Like, wow, I should have killed that pitch, but I didn't. Right, and he could probably. I mean, I don't know how much these guys peak and stuff like that, but you can feel when a guy's coming into you. I bet, and um, you know, he was probably looking for something in and just got a cement mixer right down the middle. And um, unfortunately for Jim, he needed to take advantage of that because. Um, yeah, he wasn't getting a, another mistake like that on two strikes. <laughs> well, it's interesting because so you started that heater away. He saw like he saw it. He saw your fastball, and then mm-hmm. you came back with another one, and he was kind of in between a little late. And then you go ahead and throw him the cement mixer away, and he swings through it. So to, now, if I'm Jim, I'm like I don't know what's coming. Right. Like you know. He and what's funny is, you know, two of the three pitches were misses, and the intent was off on all of them so i finally execute a pitch and yeah it's well we'll see what happens so yeah i mean you're you've been trying to go in this entire bat kind of been missing arm side and yeah. then here's your here's your correction pitch. and what's funny about this too is so uh posada caught you know 90 percent of the games but here it's jose molina okay and um posada was more had a tendency to like wanting to just go with what was working Whereas Molina kind of did this, this thing where he wanted you to execute the pitch that you were struggling with. And he wanted you to like find that. So like normally in this situation, I would just, I would just try to blow heaters. Um, but okay. he, but because I had missed with that cutter so badly, he wanted me to come back to it. Um, interesting. so yeah, he was, he was interesting in that way. Yeah. And, and now I'm wondering like if Jim probably, it kind of looks like Jim was up there maybe looking to pull the ball. Right. And, and got well, with that short course away. right there, you know, what lefty isn't, you know. And now uh, you're showing him away on accident and uh, you've, kind of <laughs> right. o- you've opened up the inside part of the plate. Sure. Molina can steal strikes too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Especially down. His hand, yeah, his hands were unreal. All right. So we go back in, execute a heater in 94. So that was probably the pitch that set up. Um, yes everything in this at bat because he, he saw the cement mixer out over the plate and then I finally got in on him um, to speed him up a little bit and uh, even though he fouls it off like I kind of it kind of did everything I needed it to do you know what I mean like I would have loved if he swung through it like yeah. you know I'll take that but um, now I could go back down away I could probably bury a, a curveball like it just opens so many other things up for me yeah, and whether I was located, even if he puts the barrel on it, he's pulling it foul. You know, yeah, like, there's not much you can do with that great, pitch, great unless you're, pitch. you know, unless you're Joey Votto or some mutant. <laughs> and there he is. That's just how I remember you, like facing you, right there. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm shocked that we're not going over uh, that bat I had against you, but <laughs> this is successes only, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, like you said, you opened up every part of the plate. There's jo- yeah, Joba. I could basically. Joba or Jabba? Jabba. I feel like yeah, I always call him Joba. All right. Yeah. I like Joba. He may he may have started this game, to be honest with you. Um, there, let's go back and watch that again. Yeah. So this is this is what I called my cutter. Basically the exact same pitch that ran out over the plate the first time. And it, it has like depth, you know. It, depth. it wasn't it wasn't like the cutter that uh um that I threw later in my career, but, um, yeah, it was just kind of 88. He kind of just, you know, 
looked like a fastball coming in, just, you know, kind of bit a little bit down. And, um, I mean, you're looking at, yeah, that looks oh. like a fastball. And then, yeah, the Jim was, uh, way. Jim with the, uh, what, what do you call it? Golden sombrero. The golden this is a great yeah, well, here. You just, you tied him up, man. Yeah. Well, he's, he was looking for that same fastball in. And then by the time he realized that it was, you know, breaking, it's too late, you know, I want to go over so. the slow-mos one more time. Yeah. We love Jim. We love, we love, love Jim. Jim's, Jim's the best. Jim. Yeah. Tough. It was, it was, <laughs> and I almost feel bad picking on him. Like I wish we would, we could have picked out somebody no, better, this but is, this is that great. was, that was a good example of an at bat where not everything goes right the entire way. And if you miss one mistake, it can, you're, you're done, you know? You unintentionally um, opened up that part of the plate by missing arm side a few times. Right, right. And then you... Which is, which is funny because, you know, pitchers will say, oh, you know, I only made two mistakes tonight and it cost me. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, any given night, pitchers are making 40% mistakes. It's just all about how many are capitalized on. So. Oh, man. And velo helps. And that's why, you know, those velo, those mistakes are, they can be missed still. Yeah. And that's yeah, below below helps everything. You know, if you're a low velo guy, you have to make less mistakes than, you know, a guy that throws a hundred. And I mean, there's all sorts of different aspects to it, whether it's, you know, life on the fastball and, Oh, this guy's 93 looks like 96 and you know, all that other stuff that's involved. But if you have a fastball that gets on guys, it uh, it makes life a lot easier. We got a different Phil Hughes now. This is veteran Phil Hughes for a bat number two. You can see the facial hair because you're not a Yankee anymore. That's right. Five years later. The flow is, you had the flow back then. The flow's looking good. This is, I mean, would you, is this your career year, 2014? Um, I mean, so there's the year I made the all-star game, which is always special to me, but I had a kind of a bad fall off second half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, you know, one single year as a total, yeah, this would this would have been it, 2014. My first year, actually, with the Twins. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to be out there pretty much every day with you, and I do remember this game. Uh, we're in Fenway, and as you can see, you're still in the game, 102 pitches. Boston's leading 2-1, to one, and you got a, uh, the big boy up. But uh, can you preface this a bat a little bit for us? Yeah, so... I don't know exactly what happened prior to this other than we were just watching and um, there was some ball off the wall and I think Pedroia got thrown out at second or something like that because it was indeed a double, not a homer. Um, So there's a man on third, two outs. Um, David Ortiz is coming up and Napoli's on deck. And um, yeah, you can just, you can roll it and um, we can go from there. There he is. So, yeah, 102 pitches. Um, Andy comes out to the mound. Rick Anderson, awesome dude. Um, Suzuki and he's, behind uh, the plate. Yep, Suzuki behind the plate, and he's saying um, – <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Gardy wants me to intentionally walk Ortiz. <laughs> and what's he saying to you? So, he says, he says to walk. If you, if you go back, you'll see it. So he said intentionally why? And I say, I got this guy. You said, I, I got this guy. Yeah. No way I got this guy. Let me have him. And Andy's like, oh shit, I got to go back to the dugout and tell Gardy that you told him no. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's basically saying like, like you better come at him. Don't miss over the plate. And, uh, 
I love this. Because, and, and this is what so... What was your mindset there? Did Napoli Yeah, so what's funny is, right, so Napoli just owned me. And I'm sure they were just going by the book. They're like, ooh, lefty versus the righty. We'd rather have the right-hander up. And I'm thinking, like, no way, dude. Like, let me get Ortiz. I felt really good about my bats against him. Um, not only in this game, but uh, back in Minnesota, I think, just a few weeks prior to this. Um, and so I really, I really wanted this at bat. And uh, I didn't want to face Napoli. So I told, you know, I told Andy to let me have Ortiz and he's like, all right. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. So I kind of look, when I think about it, I think your, the pitch mix that you have plays well against lefties. Are your splits like really bad? Are they like, are they my splits? My splits were, my splits were really good against lefties um, and poor against righties. That's kind of how your pitch mix works. I mean, we just, if you watched the last video, you saw the bat against Tomei, and I feel like that's kind of, that plays for a lot of lefty swings, so. Right, right, so. You were on the, they uh, asked you to walk I always, I wa- said, hell no. <laughs> yeah, because right. I'm thinking like, dude, if I have to face Napoli, like, we're going to be in a hole that we can't come back from at two to one, so. All right, there um, he is. Me, that's the guy you wanted to face? Okay. That's the one I wanted to face, and, and hard in, that's what I wanted to do. Okay, um, hold on one second right there. He's swinging pretty much, pretty much pitch. 92 right down the middle. Um, but look at but him open I was, up right here. Yeah. See if I can see. No, he was, right. he was geared for it. That's, that's what I had done to him the whole night so far. I mean, that's middle. And it's not 96, 97, you know, that's 92, but um, I was just going right after him. Um, because I did not want to face the guy on deck, and I wanted this this inning to be over right here. So it looked um, like he was swinging so right I, where Kurt's glove was set up, maybe for like the cutter, and then you kind of blew a four seamer right by him right there. Yeah. So he's he's definitely cheating in at this point. Um, but we go back in there again because I want to get a hard fastball under his hands, <laughs> um, and, and uh, I miss up again. You know, I don't get it in there. I miss up and away, and uh, all he can do is foul it off. Uh, but we talked about this on the last episode too. It's like, I was so aggressive and so just coming right after him that I felt like that diff- like that tick of whatever it was just made the difference in, you know, me dictating how this at bat was going to go. You were walking off the mound right there after those two pitches and you're exuding exactly what you're saying. Like you're just putting it out there, you look like you're in control. This is 104 pitches in. You look great. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's like the thing that I would express to like any, you know, kind of younger players watching or whatever is like your, your mound presence, your, um, your body language can mean so much in the game, not only from, you know, the way people perceive you, but also to the, you know, to the hitter. So, um, and this was, this was an at bat where I felt very confident, and I, I pretty much, I mean, I missed right down the middle and like belt belly button away to a guy that normally takes advantage of mistakes like that. But um, I was going right after him. I will say that um, in facing you, you do have, I don't want to call it a hitch, but a little hiccup in timing. It's not like a smooth uh, delivery where you kind of really get on it and you're like everybody else. There's a little hitch there. And I remember facing you. And sometimes if you're not, the pitter is not in sync with that you can be just that bit off on your pitches and um, 
it almost looks like David, although he's faced you a bunch, so he's got, he's, he knows that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, no, he's, yeah. I'd faced him a ton up to this point. A ton. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a good game plan for him and, um, you know, I, I don't know if he was almost a little frustrated that he was missing these pitches. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I knew that I wanted this guy to be my last out and, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see so how it goes. Two heaters. And two eaters, down two fastballs two. that were meant to be in, um, that missed kind of middle and, uh, and middle up. And, um, at this point, I think I go right to it if I'm not mistaken. Straight um, back to it? The, no, I think we go, I think we go back to a cutter. Okay. Oh, I like um, that pitch right there. Cause you see his hips open yeah. up twice there. Yeah. He's that, cheating. That. He's cheating in. And this was a pitch that we had gotten him out on a couple times prior to this. And, um, I just really wanted to execute one here. Just, you know, the last thing you want to do on O2 is just pull it a little bit and it's over <laughs> the middle of the plate. Um, but this is like one where if I have to make a pitch in a game right here at a hundred my 105th pitch of the night, like I got to execute this one. You know what I mean? You throw out the other hundred and whatever, like this is the one that you need to execute in a big moment in Fenway. I think it's what Saturday night. Um, yeah. you know, this is, this is the pitch. So, and because he is opening up like that, if you start that pitch off the plate and bring it back, it's going to look like a million miles away to him. Right. And there's really no, keep in mind, keep in mind, this was a sequence sequence that, uh, we had, we had done to him a lot. So he was, I think he was conscious of it. Um, but you can only look for two things, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't be like, okay, well he might come in. He might also go away. I got to be aware of both of those without, you know, Cause he, he was a cheater. You know, he's a guy that's going to, he's going to look for a pitch in account and, and open up on it and try to drive the ball. Um, so he does, he does have holes in his swing. If you, you know, we're one yeah. step ahead of him. So. All right. Let's see, baby. Kurt setting up away off the plate. Yeah, He wants it way away. He doesn't want a mistake. And it was just about perfect. You know, he's opening up flares, a little fly Whoa. ball to the left. Willingham was, you know, kind of having some, <laughs> some issues out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you'll see. Uh, yeah. So basically I wanted this to be just a, you know, I mean, that's just exactly where it it's needed exactly to be. Exactly where you wanted it. I mean, you see where Kurt said, yeah. it wasn't like a give up pitch where it was just off the plate. It wasn't pulled. It was just, you know, executed to the outer, outer corner and got out of a inning, gave us a chance in the, in the ninth. But, um, and what's funny about this, and I don't think they show it on camera, <laughs> is Gardy's up on the top step as I'm walking off the mat. <laughs> oh, Doge. Oh, nice. Hey, yeah, let me get some love. <laughs> Ooh, that was nasty. All right, I was looking for a, um, a slow-mo, but they didn't have it. But go ahead. Gardy's yeah. on the top step. So Gardy's on the top step, and literally he's doing this. <laughs> basically like <laughs> basically like saying big balls like he was he was fired up about that because he wanted me to walk on tees and it wasn't because i i like was some you know stubborn idiot like i just really liked my chances a lot more against ortiz than than napoli in that situation but um yeah that was uh that was a pretty pretty crucial uh turning point in that game unfortunately we didn't score any runs in the ninth um I so I got I got saddled with the uh, complete game loss there, but um, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's we've had that's uh, the way that those those things can go sometimes, you know. 
we've had a few pitchers on here now and almost every single one of them, if not every single one talks about like that conviction thing, like, like believing in the pitch and just like caring about that and the execution of it. And like really not caring who's in the box, not caring about this or that. It's like, I'm going to execute my pitch. And if I do, you're out. So we do have the young guys watching. That is something that we try to tell them. Like, this is, the attitude that you have to have. Yeah. Confidence, conviction in your pitches. Um, you know, I, I would say if you did a study on guys that were, you know, confident in what they were doing, same talent, you know, whatever the, the case may be, um, a person that's, you know, confident in their bullpen sessions is going to execute, I would say 20, 30% more pitches than someone that doesn't feel good about what they're doing or doesn't yeah. think it's right. Doesn't think it's the right grip. Um, and it's probably true for hitters too. I mean, if you're, you know, tweaking something with your, you know, with your swing or you're trying something new that's uncomfortable, if you believe in it, um, you're probably going to have a lot more success than if you're skeptical or, oh, this is crap. Like, I don't think this is going to work, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. There's very few things that in this game that you can say like 100% you have to do this. Like there's a million ways to do different things. Your, your setup you know, everything about your swing for you on the hill, there's a ton of things, but the one thing that is a hundred percent is, is that confidence level. That's what's, that's the separator. You see it all the times in the minor leagues, guys that have this stuff, but they don't have that confidence or they can't mm-hmm. bounce back. I mean, they don't, they don't end up panning out the way they should. So we right. cool of you to talk about that. And again, I appreciate you coming on everybody go follow and subscribe to Phil's polls. It's on Twitter. It's on IG. It's on YouTube like subscribe all that good stuff phil thank you man i appreciate you coming on of course anytime